The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of Lexington Community Radio or its board of directors. The views expressed are solely those of the programmers. You are listening to Off the Cuff. Now, here's your host, Adam Banks. Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks coming at you live from Lexington, Kentucky. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you for tuning in to WLXU 93.9 FM. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can check out our Facebook live stream at Off the Cuff with Adam Banks, or you can download the WLXU app on your smartphone device. Amber Turner is in the studio with me, as she is always. Amber, this is episode 299. Are you serious? Can you believe we are one episode shy of the 300th episode? I think that is amazing. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be off the cuffs 300th episode. 300 episodes. I can't even wrap my head around it. What do you think? I think that is 299 episodes you put out into the world that are amazing. And that's the whole point of it. The whole point is for you guys to be entertained. But before we jump the gun, let's get through episode 299 first. Well, before we go too far, people on the Facebook Live are seeing it, but you got your hair cut. I did, yeah. And I like it. You do like it? I like it. See, I like to mess with him, guys, because you know he likes to mess with me. Mm -hmm. And I was messing with him when we were, you know, getting ready to come over here. I like it. It actually suits you very well. I appreciate it. I think this could be the signature Adam Banks haircut. Well, the reason I uh, didn't fight you back on it when I thought that you were kind of hating on it when you first seen it is because I don't really feel that good today. I know. Yeah, I think it's the weather and stuff, so I, I didn't feel really too good, and I just did not have the energy to fight back. I know. So you like it? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, so if you guys want to see the haircut, you go to facebook.com slash Banks because we always have a live stream going, and uh, like I said, at the beginning of the show, top of the hour, you can download the WLXU app to listen to us anywhere. You don't have to be in Lexington to listen. You can listen in Bangladesh if you want to listen. If you want to listen in Cambodia, you can listen. China, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can listen anywhere in the entire world. Amber, it is February 13th. We are one day away from Valentine's Day. Forget about getting reservations anywhere if you haven't already. Do you have big plans for V-Day? Um, I'm going to hope for Wiley's sake that he has a uh, He's handled that for us. <laughs> That's right. I don't, I don't know how else to say it other than that. Yeah. I hope he's handled that for well, us. Well, hopefully he's listening to the show today. He should be. And and he's he's like, oh, right now he's like, oh gosh, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! See, I'm one of those I'm one of those women that I will not let him forget. I like to casually remind him with very subtle hints, like, hey, you know it's Valentine's Day on Friday. <laughs> Well, you don't have to do anything major to please your lady on Valentine's Day, guys. And uh, I, I say that because people think that they have to do something insanely big on Valentine's no. Day to impress their lady. But you don't really have to do that. No, nope. You don't. Just, I'm telling you this, and you can thank me later when you do this tomorrow, guys. <laughs> All you got to do to impress your lady, I promise you, you will have her melting, melting in your arms. Light a few candles. Turn on a little music and dim the lights and put a teddy bear on the bed and she will go nuts. You know what? You can even scrap the teddy bear. We wouldn't even need that. But but do you 
see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. A lot of the times guys think they have to go out and they have to buy jewelry or they got to buy flowers. No. What's going on in these women's mind is they just want you to, they want you to acknowledge the fact that it's Valentine's Day and you went out of your way just to tad, just to show them that you love them. They will go crazy over it. I can 100% verify There that. you go. See, you don't just have a guy saying this. No. I, my female co-host, Amber Turner, is saying that she agrees with me. Just do something small. Dim the lights. Dim the lights. Turn on a, some romantic music. Some Marvin Gaye. Whatever it is your thing is. <laughs> and just, you know, dude, that's all the romancing yeah. you gotta do. Make the bed, light a few candles. We're good. Light a few candles. Because if you're somebody who doesn't do that all the time, like light a few candles, you're gonna drive her crazy. You're gonna oh, be yeah. like, oh my gosh, like he is being so romantic right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like, oh man, he really went out of his way. Yeah, he really did. So there are, since it's Valentine's Day, in light of Valentine's Day, I've got some V-Day facts, Amber. Okay. Some V-Day facts, and of course you know what Not- V-Day not venereal disease facts? Not, not venereal disease. It's Valentine's Day V-Day. I've never heard V-Day <laughs> be referred to as venereal disease. Did you never watch Superstar? No. Every year, more than 36 million heart-shaped boxes of chocolates are sold across the country. That's a lot of chocolate. 36 million. About 55% of Americans celebrate Valentine's Day and spend an estimated 196 billion dollars a year, including more than $1.8 billion on candy alone. That's a lot of chocolate. This year specifically, this Uh year in 2020, it says that men are expected to spend $338 on Valentine's Day and the women... Just sixty four dollars. So mean, why is that? Well, you know, you don't. You want me to tell you a little inside fact, a little inside trade fact? Yeah, please. You don't need to spend three hundred and thirty eight dollars. No, because all you got to do is dim the lights, turn on some Marvin Gaye, and you got her. And you, you got have me. her. You, you, I'm telling you, just what? Just trust me. Just trust me, guys. All you got to do is something small, and she will go crazy. And these women on here are saying, "Oh no, that ain't true. That ain't true." Uh, you're lying. You mean you're just lying? Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you, you would go nuts if your boyfriend did that, and you would tell everybody. And we already know that you're going to post on Facebook everything that your boyfriend does. So, wouldn't it be cool if you did some? If you couldn't post what he did, because you can't really post the fact that he dimmed the lights and he turned on some music and he put some rose petals. But I guarantee, girls will find a way to show that they he put rose petals by their bed because you everybody know, always likes to show what's what they got on Valentine's Day. Twenty twenty campaign for me. I will. Not not be sharing any I'm gonna say intimate moments. Yeah. At all. Twenty twenty. Well, no intimate moments. You know, a lot of schools, a lot of public schools have shut that down. The fact that you can receive candy and flowers on Valentine's Day. They oh, shut it down. Man. And they shut it down and I agree with it one hundred percent. I one thousand percent agree with yeah, it. Yeah, and the reason I agree with that is because a lot of people on Valentine's Day don't get anything. No. And when you don't take your back, take yourself back to middle school, elementary school, high school. Yep. Really high school. And have you ever spent a Valentine's Day where you didn't receive anything um, at school? So Yes or no? I well, I mean, let me ask you, does it count if it comes from my granny? <laughs> I mean, that's why I was I was a little hesitant because I remember when all of my girlfriends started to get Valentine's Day gifts in like fourth and fifth grade, you know, dudes bringing them the little uh, heart shaped candies that taste like chalk and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I would go home and I would cry. Yeah, because I was like, man, nobody gave nobody me loves me chalk candy that tastes like. 
not good and I'm going to throw it away anyway. <laughs> so when I was in the fifth grade, my grandmothers started to alternate who would send me something to school that, mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. And then I realized very quickly that like they were sending me these lavish things. Like I think one year I got like a, a wax dipped teddy bear that smelled like love spell and then everybody hated me. So I was like, well, I can either hate myself or everybody can hate me. So then I also, I chose that I would just hate myself but, and I, and I ex it and said, don't send me anything. And there's a lot of people, though, Amber, that does not receive anything for Valentine's Day. And look what that does to their self-esteem. Oh, yeah. So these public schools have, uh, some of them, uh, these districts have cut it out. They said nobody's allowed to send anybody flowers or candy on Valentine's Day. And I couldn't agree more than yep. that because especially the females are the ones that feel some type of way about it because it is socially normal yep. to be romanticized as a female. It is normal for the your lover, your guy, to mm-hmm. romanticize you. Now, of course, it, it's okay for women to do it to their men, yeah. but just society tells us that it's the man's job on, on V-Day yep. to romanticize. And girls at school, it's really thrown in their face. And let's be honest, most of these Boxes of candy that these girls are getting, it is from their grandparents and their and their parents. Oh, I could probably say, look around the room, and I would say everything in there was bought by somebody's mommy, daddy, granny, grampy. <laughs> so, somebody got it, not their boyfriend. Right. Because, I mean, let's face it, at 16-year-old, you know, a 16-year-old man, he ain't got no money. And he's a boy. I shouldn't have said man. He ain't got no money. But do people, do you think that, because I think they do, do you think people make up where their gifts come from? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I this, 100% did. This come from George Glass. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, this bouquet of flowers come from George Glass, if you didn't catch my Brady Bunch reference. <laughs> or this box of chocolate come from, from George. You know, you'll make up these things. These these people will just to, to fit in, and it's just sad. So I'm glad to know that the uh, school system is cutting it out. Uh, February 14th is the second largest giving day of the year, just after Christmas. This year, is it is expected that one billion cards will be exchanged around the world. And here's the thing about cards, just to give you some more advice. Don't buy a card, folks. Create a card. And that's really for anything. If you're ever going to give a card to somebody on their birthday, anniversary, don't buy one from Hallmark. Write one yourself. Make up. I swear to you that they will love their card if you just take a little notebook piece of paper, fold it up, hamburger style, (laughs) or hot dog style, however your style is, (laughs) and write a little note in it, and and, and they'll love it. It's you, it's better than Hallmark. Would you recommend them drawing on the front of it or no? It, yeah. I mean, it just puts more personal... It, it puts your personal touch on it. I know that when I receive cards that are handmade versus cards that are not, they always mean more and I'm more likely to keep them. So you don't like my Corgi cards that I find <laughs> from all over the place? Chances are it's probably in the bottom of the trash somewhere. No! In Lake, in the Lake. No, I'm just saying. Do you keep cards? Um, I do, actually. I've always been... Um, I've always really enjoyed cards, so I have cards going all the way back and uh, to our grade school days. I really do. Yeah. Um, it depends. I have a few. It depends on who they're from, and it depends on if they're homemade. I always keep homemade cards. If you made me a homemade card, I got it. See, I keep every, every card I get, especially people who mail me cards in the mail because you took the time to put, you know, get a stamp, put it on there. I'll always keep them. Teachers receive the most Valentine's Day cards, followed by kids, mothers, wives, and girlfriends. 
brands, according to the source. I can and, see that. And it says Hallmark is the biggest uh, mass producer of Valentine's Day cards, dating all the way back to 1913. It says more than one-third of men are comfortable not receiving anything from a lover on Valentine's Day. So I remember one year I went all out for this girl that I was not really dating, but we were dating in that time period of Valentine's yeah. Day. So I got her a couple things on Valentine's Day, and she didn't get me anything. And I remember feeling a little gypped because yeah. I was like, at least you could have got me a card. Yeah. You know, tore out a little uh, uh, note star paper. And, Russell Stover's little dollar candies at Walmart. Yes. I mean, you could at least done that. But I don't know. Do you think that... Do you think... That it is okay for a man not to receive no, anything I on don't. Valentine's Day? I don't. I don't think that's okay. I think that, you know, Valentine's Day in itself is supposed to be about love. So that's why I hate that people spend $338, you know, on Valentine's Day. Because you are supposed to love each other year-round. But I think on Valentine's Day, it's meant to just be that little, hey, let's get out of the mundane, you know, every day. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just, just a little. Just a tad. Just a tad. Let's be a little romantic. It's Valentine's Day. But that's got to be reciprocated on both ends. Exactly. I mean, that's, I mean, how strange is it to think that it has to be one-sided on Valentine's Day. I, I don't I don't agree with that. I really don't. I think that is probably one of... I hate that. It says, uh, Valentine, the most popular Valentine's Day gift is jewelry. And I would say the reason for that is because jewelry is always a safe bet to get females because you don't have to worry about size. Earrings fit all. Necklaces usually fit all. Yeah. Uh, bracelets, rings, most of the time, you know, depending, you know, you, you usually can, you a watch, it, it's, it's, yeah. a fit, it's a fit all type of thing. So I think that's probably, probably why uh, Valentine's Day, a lot of people go out and buy jewelry. Nearly six million couples get engaged on Valentine's Day. I would be so mad. You know, there was a meme going around. It says there is not enough worlding in this world to ever prepare you for all the engagements on Valentine's Day at the Olive Garden. <laughs> and I think that was so true. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about getting engaged on Valentine's Day, don't you want your engagement to be its own day? Yes. Yeah. And you don't want to know that like five of your friends you went to high school with are also getting engaged on, on the that same day. day. Yeah. But people will, man. They'll take those days like Valentine's Day and they'll get engaged engaged or they'll get married. Like, I see a lot of people on Christmas Eve get engaged. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the time. And I'm just like, make it its own Make it its own special day. Yeah. Valentine's Day is its own special day. It's a cheap way out. It's a generic way out. It is. Be original. And plus, I think a lot of guys kind of feel more comfortable proposing on Valentine's Day Probably. because a lot of women... I would assume, are very vulnerable on that day. Well, and I think a lot of women, and I'm going to say this, and I love my fellow women, don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of women expect that. Yeah. It's expected. So, therefore, you're like, well, I don't want this to be another fight tonight, so let me go ahead and just do this and get it over with. And it's like, I don't... I, no woman really wants to be proposed to in that way, so maybe just shy away from that generic engagement. Okay, we have lots more Valentine's Day talk coming up on the show. We'll talk about it more throughout the uh, hour. But, Amber, we also got to talk about the Academy Awards, and we're going to talk about that coming up after these words. So stick with us. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. 
Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in the studio with me. Amber, the Academy Awards was this past Sunday, the 92nd annual. Did you catch Eminem's surprise performance? I did. What did you think? I I honestly thought it was really good. I think it was very unexpected, but I think he uh, he done really good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, it, it was apparently nobody knew that he was coming out to sing that song, yeah. Lose Yourself. And Lose Yourself was the former song of the year, I think, back in 90... I guess it would be more like 2001. Is it? 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for 8 Mile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and Eminem was really kind of big during the 2000 era. Yeah. I would say. So, the Oscars, did you get a chance to watch it? I did. Well, I got to watch uh, quite a bit of it. You know, I had to go to bed, bedtime. Yes. It is Hollywood's biggest night. It's, uh, It's the biggest night in Tinseltown. I like the Oscars. And what I like about the Oscars is it's an award show that focuses on the performance rather than the politics. Yeah. You're going to get nominated you're going to win based off your performance versus, you know, who likes who the best and what movie was popular for that year. But before I really dive into the Oscars, Amber, I, I kind of have a Oscar story that I would like to share. Okay. And just with the audience, because ironically, you were there. <laughs> I was. 12 years ago or however long ago. Gosh, was it 12? 13. 13. 13 years ago. I actually have stood on that Oscar stage in 2008 or 2007. 2007. I went to Los Angeles, and Amber was with me. We just went just because we wanted to go. And they gave us a tour of what was called the Kodak Theater at the time, which is now called the Dolby Theater, yep. where they have the Oscars. And they took us backstage, and they were showing us around. They were like, this is where Ellen DeGeneres' locker room uh, or dressing room was uh, the last time she hosted the Oscars. This is the hallway that people walk down before they go on stage to present an award. Or And, and they were sh- kind of showing us all that. This is where they hang out backstage. After they receive their Oscar, they can stay back here and drink. So we got to see all of that behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. But the coolest part about it was, was they actually, as they were talking and showing us around backstage, and they were like, yeah, this is where... You know, the presenters are going to come to present the award. And I was like, are they really going to take us out on stage? And they did. They took us out on stage. And they, I remember standing there on the Oscar stage. What you seen last Sunday where the, uh, where the presenters and the winners were standing. Yep. I was standing there on that stage. And I remember standing there. Not really pretending like I was winning an Oscar, but you know what I was pretending like I was doing? What? I was pretending like I was hosting the Oscars. Okay. I was hosting the Oscars. So even in 2007, Amber, I was manifesting that thought to put into reality that I was hosting the Oscars. I mean, and how, and how, who who can say that they've had a point of view of where of what I had standing on that stage looking into a blank auditorium of the Kodak Theater where the Oscars are held. And I remember standing there thinking, man, if it feels this good just to pretend to host the Oscars, I'm not going to stop until I do the real thing. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. Putting it out into the stratosphere. I'm putting it out there in the stratosphere. I'm hosting the Oscars. I'm, I will host the Oscars. You wait and see. Well, and I just want to go on note and say I don't think we were supposed to be on the stage. I think that was very much a fluke. But Adam being Adam and having this dream from day one, uh, I think since he was a small child, 
you immediately ran to the middle of the stage, whereas I'm like, oh my gosh, we're not supposed to be up here. So I jetted off the stage. I couldn't believe that we were sitting, or I couldn't believe that we were on that stage because the Oscars was, it was in January when we was there and the Oscars was just in a couple weeks. Yep. And I remember just thinking like, oh my God, this auditorium is going to be full of people like Jack Nicholson, uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie. Uh, it's going to have celebrities. Oh yeah. Tom Hanks, uh, Meryl Streep. It's going to have people like that sitting here just feet away from where I'm standing right now. Yep. And somebody who has watched the Oscars a lot in the past, I'm very familiar with that auditorium. So just to be able to say, who can say, who else can say they have stood on that Academy Award stage? I'm waiting. If you if you have, let me know because I thought that was a really cool experience. But I think that it was just meant to be because I was just kind of filling the stage out for when I host. Oh, I know you were. And I immediately jetted off the stage and sat down in a seat so I could glare up at him standing in the middle of the stage. But the Oscars this year was obviously missing a host. I think that the Oscars, it needs a host. When you have an award show like that, you got to have a host. And this year, the Academy Awards went hostless. And you you could feel the effects of it. Oh, yeah. I think the show drug on. Very much. Three and a half hours. I don't think there's any structure. And when there's no structure and organization, there's chaos. Very much. And it was just very unstructured, and it wasn't very entertaining, the Oscars was. It wasn't. I think the rating for the Oscars is the lowest it's been in years. Yeah. Like, maybe even an all-time drop in ratings. Well, I, I, you know, I love that they have incorporated more music into the Oscars, but I think having the opening theme be almost a Broadway was a little bit too much. We've got a, you know, a whole award show that's catered towards Broadway and this is not that show. Right. I think it would have been much better if we would have started out maybe if you didn't want to have a host, have a montage exactly. of you know movies that have been made over the years that people love. Exactly. That would have went over, I think, much better. you got to think about your audience. I don't think that they're going to make the mistake again and go hostless. I think they were experimenting this year because last year they didn't have a host, but that was because of the whole Kevin Hart yeah. ordeal. But this year they planned to yeah not have a host. I will be very surprised if going forward they won't have a host. There's a lot of people out there that can do it, besides me. I mean, there's, uh, shoot, I think Chris Rock and Steve Martin, the little monologue that they did. Oh, that was hilarious. It was hilarious. And who are the two? Kristen Wiig and um, oh, was it Maya Rudolph? Maya Rudolph. There we go. I think that those two would be an, uh, would be an, uh, not unhilarious, a hilarious pair Oh, they, they are absolutely hilarious. To host the Oscars because they presented a couple awards uh, during that night. And just during their presentation of awards, they 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 had us all in the palm of their hands. Well, all of us at home, just not the people there in the audience. I felt like that was very unwelcomed. And it was such a good performance. It was a good monologue oh, you don't think by the, them. You don't think the audience was digging it? No. Did you not look at some of their faces? They were looking at them like with disgust. And it's like, hey, did you guys forget that you're supposed to laugh in life? Yeah. I think sometimes jealousy runs rampant. And it I does. think a lot of times where it's so competitive in Hollywood, they don't want to laugh because they, they're sitting there knowing that they can never be that funny. And it really sucks if you're a comedian and yeah. you're sitting there thinking, wow, I'm never going to be that 
that good or that funny. That's that's like when people watch. That's you know. Imagine these people who have to follow performers like Lady Gaga. Oh, no. imagine sitting there watching that. You would be horrified. You would play sick after that performance because you got to follow that. Oh yeah. And and that really has to be de- like deflating when you know that you'll never be as good as what they are on the stage. So that so that might be why they didn't laugh. I mean, at the same time, though, you have to still enjoy the moment. I mean, at least you were thought of to to follow these great acts. Yeah. And I think that's what people forget sometimes. Who do you think would be a good host for the Oscars besides me? I was, was going to say Adam Banks, I was, 2021. I was thinking that Steve Harvey would probably be a really good host. Um, you know, I'm probably going to say we need to steer clear uh, of Steve Harvey. I love him. I just think that because of the, you know, Miss America fiasco, I think we should probably just not. No. Uh, yeah, it's but, a little too much. You know, Wayne Brady wouldn't be bad. Wayne Brady? He would be. He would be cool. Right, Wayne Brady would be chill. I think he would be really funny. I don't think he can show his funny side because he is on daytime television a lot. Yeah. So he... And plus, I don't watch that show. Do you? No, I didn't. I, honestly, I'm not I, a fan of I it. didn't know he had a daytime show. I just remember from whose line is that anyway? Let's make a deal. It's a game show. It might not even be on the air anymore. No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it was just a little game show that he had on, and I don't even know if it's on the air. But, so let's go over some of the big winners of the night. Best Picture. Let's start with that. It was a shocker. Probably the biggest shocker of the entire night. It went to Parasite, and what made this such a shocker was... It was the first foreign language film that's not in English to win an Academy Award. I have a problem with that. Not the fact that they won. Okay, I understand. It's probably a really good movie. Yeah. Congratulations to them. But if you're going to give the Best Picture Award to a foreign language film, why have a foreign language film category? Exactly. Because it's no fair. They could be nominated for the Best Foreign Language Film, but then they could turn around and win Best Picture as well. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like being nominated in the Best Animated Film, and then that same animated film being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. It makes no sense. Well, I mean, again, it's kind of like, you know, here we've got a whole show dedicated to Broadway, and we're going to open up with Broadway. <laughs> Yay! So, so I don't really, I don't want to make a big judgment on the movie because I haven't seen it. It's yeah. probably good. It's probably really good. So it really might have won. Yeah. But just looking at the movies that were out this year, I thought for sure that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would take it. But um, I really honestly thought that it would be Once Upon a Time, or uh, 1917. Mm-hmm. I think those were both really good movies. Yeah. Actress in a leading role went to Renee Zellweger. She looks so much like Ellen Pompeo, I can't see anything else other than that. And Ellen Pompeo is uh, Meredith Grey from Grey's Anatomy. I'm just so happy to see her back on the scene. I, I feel like she fell off for a while. She did. And then she comes back and wins an Oscar. <laughs> Right. That's when you know you're talented. Oh, yeah. You disappear from the scene for 10 years, and you come back and win an Academy Award. Oh, yeah. She's back. She 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 took some time to herself. She's back. Actor in a leading role, well-deserving, went to Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. Very. 100% the best performance of the year in film. And his speech was very moving. I won't go into it, but uh, definitely, I, I you know, it, it, it's worth a look if you would like to... To see what he said, I think he put a good message out there into the world. Uh, You know, I'm an environmentalist at heart, and I think Joaquin kind of hit that. And, I mean, Joker in itself was a good movie. Oh, 
Well, I've not watched it yet, so I'm going to... I thought it was a good movie, but I, it probably wasn't best picture worthy. But as far as performance-wise, yeah. Walking Phoenix, he definitely deserved that role for that. He definitely did. 100%. Now, I do think that uh, this music that I'm playing in the background, it's by Hildur. And I don't, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce her last name. But this is the score for the Joker. Yeah. And this one best original score. Kind of creepy, isn't it? Very ominous. Ominous. Very ominous. And I love original scores from movies. Like, you know, you got the Titanic score. And you got this score. and They're iconic. Yeah. And what's amazing about it is... Scores really set the tone of your film. Oh, they do. I mean... Home Alone. Imagine I, yeah. Imagine Home Alone without the music. Well, imagine Halloween and not having John Carpenter yeah. play the, you know... Did that win an Oscar? I don't think so, but I think it's a great score. I yeah. think it's, it's definitely in my top five. Yeah. So, uh, some other awards here. We got uh, Best Directing went to... Bong Joon-ho from Parasite for directing. Yep. I thought that was cool. I really thought that was going to be Quentin, though. Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) But the thing about it is, is uh, Bong Joon-ho couldn't speak a lick of English. No. I felt like he was that guy that works at that place I go get a massage at (laughs) that can't understand me when I talk to her. I, I, I... you know, I just enjoyed that he made the comment because they'd won so many awards that night that um, I think he said, I saw her hard work when he was speaking to the people that were engraving all of his Oscars. I'm always trying to talk to the people that give me my massages at the massage place, but they never can understand me. And that really bothers me because I want to form relationships with people and get to know them, especially when they're about to intimately rub on my body. Because, let's be honest, um, can you think of anything more intimate than a massage? No. No, because you're vulnerable. You are vulnerable, and they're touching parts on your body that only your lover should be touching. And for some reason, whatever they tell (laughs) us to do, we do. Now, I say that now... It depends on where you go where they touch more, but <laughs> it, it depends on where you're going. Uh, best original song went to Elton John, I'm Gonna Love Me Again. Original score, of course, is what you're hearing now. The international feature was Parasite, which obviously wouldn't it be weird if another foreign language film won? Oh, yeah. And then this one, best picture, even though it's a foreign language film. So obviously this one, best foreign language film. Uh, makeup and hairstyling went to Bombshell. That movie, uh, Bombshell, Kazoo Hero was the one who did the makeup for all of those women in Bombshell. I mean, how good was she making Megyn Kelly look like, or making Charlize Theron look like Megyn Kelly? Oh, it was amazing, the transformation. I mean, it really was. And sometimes we think people deserve Oscars because of how much they transformed into that person. No, 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 no. You're getting it wrong. That's the makeup people making them look like that. Oh, yeah. Those are the people who deserve the Oscars for transforming. Forming somebody's look. If you're just looking at the look, yeah, I mean, your your makeup department should really be the one 
getting that. Yes, visual effects went to your movie 1917. Uh, Guillaume, Roker, Greg Butler, and Dominic Troy. Uh, film editing went to Ford versus Ferrari, Michael McCusker, and Andrew Buckland. Uh, cinematography went to 1917, Roger Deakins. Sound mixing went to Mark Taylor and Stuart Wilson. Sound editing went to Donald Sylvester for Ford versus Ferrari. Actress in a supporting role went to Laura Dern for Marriage Story, which is a Netflix film. Yes. A documentary short uh, went to Carol Designer and Elanine something. I mean, here's the thing about these names, too. When I'm at the Oscars, <laughs> I really need to study the names when I ho- before I so host the Oscars. So you don't want to pull a John Travolta. <laughs> what the- <laughs> he he mispronounced... Uh, uh, oh, gosh, I'm going to mispronounce it now. He pronou- mispronounced the frozen woman's name, <laughs> Adina Menzel. What did he say? Uh, you just kind of have to look at it because he realized he messed it up, and he just went, uh, Ziza... <laughs> I do that all the time on, mid- on Midday Kentucky because they have the teleprompter. And they had their names there, and I, I sometimes I try to read over my scripts as much as I can. Yeah, went before it, but sometimes they'll throw a random name on the teleprompter, and I didn't have time to review it on TV, and then it'll get to my part to speak, and then I'll be introducing the guest on the show, and I'll be like, "Welcome to the show, Dina," and then I just try to sound it out the best way I can. <laughs> I'm like, "Dina, hawkabaka shakakaka." <laughs> And then I look at her and pretend like I said it correctly, like nothing ever happened. Uh, the costume design went to Jacqueline Duran for Little Women. Uh, production design went to Barbara Ling for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Set direction went to Nancy Hay for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A live action short film film went to The Neighbors, uh, a Marshall Curry production. Uh, Marshall Curry is who took the Oscar home for that. Uh, adapted screenplay went to Takia Watia for Jojo Rabbit. Original screenplay went to uh, Bong Jong Ho for Parasite. The I love whenever he won an Oscar because he can't speak English. He can't speak a lick of English. Animated short film went to Hair Love, which was Matthew Cherry. Uh, animated Feature film went to Josh Cooley, Mark Nielsen, and Jonas Rivera for Toy Story 4. And Best Actor in a Supporting Role went to Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Talk about a guy who racked up all year long in awards. Oh, yeah. So he's probably internally indebted to Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I'm sure. Who did not win an Oscar? Who, what do you mean who didn't win an Oscar? He didn't win an Oscar this oh, year Oh, yeah. No, he didn't. But, I mean, it still, I think, speaks volumes when you see that a lot of people who worked on this feature film with him did. And I think sometimes, yeah, I think we know that Quentin Tarantino likes to, you know, have that recognition. But I think at the same time, he makes sure that he builds up the people around him. So, I think that's why I appreciate him so much. Exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take a quick commercial break before they do a hard cut on me. So stick with us, and we'll be right back after these words. I like, I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. We last left you talking about the Academy Awards. We just went over all of the winners. Amber, 
Billie Eilish was there. She sang during the memoriam, and the Academy left out some pretty notorious people from that memoriam. Did you know that they left out uh, Luke Perry? I did. They left out Cameron Boyce. Yep. They left out Tim Conway, who was on Carol Burnett's show for years, who was oh, yeah. possibly one of the funniest men to ever do improv. They left out a bunch of people. I started looking into it. Why did they do that? Apparently, there is a process that the Academy has got to go through. They are only allotted a certain amount of time to add certain people in there. Yeah. But it makes you wonder, why did they add certain people but leave those three out? Well, I was thinking maybe it was because they hadn't won. They had never been nominated or had won an Academy Award. That was the only thing I could come up with. Because, yeah. you know, Luke Perry was was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, one of the biggest films that was being promoted this year. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I was thinking maybe the same thing, too. But you're looking, you see casting directors, you see producers, you see directors. Maybe their work has been nominated, at least, for an Academy Award. That's what I was thinking. So, yeah, maybe you have to, in order to be included into that memoriam, you have to be somehow involved in the Academy Awards. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time for Off the Cuff's Song of the Week break. And we are going to play Off the Cuff's Song of the Week song being a song that was played at the Oscars. It was by Sir Elton John. I'm going to love me again. Here is 2020 the Oscar for Song of the Year by Elton John. I'm going to love me again. We'll be back after the song. And that was Sir Elton John with I'm going to love me again. And to be as old as he is, he's still throwing out bangers. I don't know if I call this one a banger. I mean, it's 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 an Elton John song. It is. It's, it, it's your stereotypical Elton John song. Yeah. yeah. I guess I shouldn't call it a banger. It's yeah. like, I, I wouldn't have ever played this had it not have won an Academy I was going to say, do you, do you drive around with this one just a hitting? He's coming to Lexington soon, though, isn't he? He is. Because we've talked about that before. It's in a couple of months. He added Lexington as a stop on his farewell tour. One of my friends went and watched him. Mm-hmm. And said that it was one of the best concerts he'd ever seen. Oh, I'm sure. He's very high energy, so I wouldn't mind to go watch it myself. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. Probably. Lexington's been getting some celebrities. Uh, Backstreet Boys just announced that they are going to be bringing the DNA World Tour (laughs) to Lexington July 27th. Tickets are going to go on sale tomorrow. I saw that. You know. Are they really touring with NSYNC, though? No, I think right now, I think that was just something that was kind of thrown around on a talk show. Yeah. I would definitely go watch it. I would much rather see Backstreet and NSYNC rather than Backstreet and New Kids on the Block. That was mixing too many, like, too many age groups in one. Now, NSYNC and, ba- and BSB, yeah, I'll go for that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got to take our last break of the hour, so stick with us after these words from our sponsors. Welcome back, everybody, to Off the Cuff. Last segment of the hour, Adam Banks here with you. Amber is also in studio with me. Lana says on the show thread, best part about Valentine's Day is the day after, half-price candy. That's a good way to look at it. You know, Valentine's Day, all it is is just single awareness day. It just reminds you that you're single. Well, it don't have to. But ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day, we've talked about it already on the show. It is tomorrow, and I said that we're going to have some more Valentine's Day talk. So before we go, I just want to give some more tips out to all those guys and for you females out there as well. Things not to buy your lover on Valentine's Day. Now, you need to listen up to this (laughs) because a lot of times... 
I, you see a lot of people with these purchases and they think it's a good gift, but it's not. So maybe after listening to the segment, you already have this gift that I'm about to say not to get and you need to go out and get another one. Okay, things not to buy your lover on Valentine's Hang Day. Hang on, I need to get ready to write this down. <laughs> on. Number one, celebrity fragrances. I know we all we all kind of get we kind of get in the mood to buy these celebrity fra- fragrances like Celine Dion. And I you, knew, I knew that's where you were going. And, and you know, and you know, like your your girlfriend might like Britney Spears, but most of the time, these celebrity fragrances like David David Beckham and Britney Spears and J Lo, these celebrity fragrances don't smell very good. They're on the cheap end. So if you think that you scored with a very cheap bottle of perfume because with just because you got J-Lo on it, it's cheap because it's cheap perfume. <laughs> and it's cheap cologne. So if you got a celebrity fragrance, mm, there you go. Household appliances is another thing that you want to watch out for and you don't really want to buy on Valentine's Day. So there's nothing that says I love you more than saying, here, honey, is a Toaster. Or here, honey, is a new cooking spatula. I love you. I love you, and I go cook. Yeah. Uh, another one is cheap chocolates. Okay. You don't so. want to buy cheap chocolate because cheap chocolate is notoriously known to be bad. Yeah. I mean, you, you can... You can tell when you have an expensive piece of chocolate, and you can tell when you are eating a crappy, cheap piece of chocolate. So quit trying to cut corners and buying chocolate that is cheap because you don't want to leave a bad taste in your lover's mouth. Literally. Yeah, you <laughs> you don't. Novelty jewelry is something else you don't really want to buy your lover on Valentine's Day because a lot of the times novelty jewelry, it's tacky, and your girlfriend isn't going to wear it Ever. She's she's not. She might wear it that night when you give it to her, but most of the time after Valentine's Day is over, she's going to tuck it away. She's probably not even going to wear it that night. <laughs> you know, the, the necklaces with the big gigantic heart that says Be Mine on it. Oh, man. Would you wear that any other day? No, I wouldn't even wear it that day. <laughs> like... <laughs> I wouldn't even wear it then. Do not buy last-minute flowers because usually women can always tell when the flowers are last-minute because flowers, when usually when they're last-minute, that means they've been sitting out a while. Oh, yeah. So you can tell when they're dying, and it just kind of symbolizes that your love, too, is dying. So you don't want to put that thought. <laughs> wow, philosophical, Adam, on that one. Yeah, you don't want to put your uh, lover through that on Valentine's Day. Unwanted trinkets on Valentine's Day. When I say trinkets, I'm talking about buying teddy bears and mugs and... and uh, just junk. Just that, yeah. t- that stuff that you could get from just the junk aisle. Now, I know at the top of the hour I said, buy a little teddy bear, put it on your girl's bed. Yeah, as a little added gift. As a, just a little added oomph. Yeah. Before, you know, you turn the lights down and you put on that music and you put on that Marvin Gaye. Before you do that, you know, a little teddy bear. But if you're just buying her the novelty gifts just as your true gift and you think that's going to make her happy and smile on Valentine's Day, you're wrong. Yeah. Those novelty gifts, because it's junk, it takes up space. Don't buy a big teddy bear or... or or just... Unless it's that six-foot teddy bear that Costco has because I would take the stuffing out of that and, like, use that as a costume. <laughs> that would be a chill gift. Most of the time, stuff like that, though, it just gets... 
It just gets tucked away. Thrown away. In a corner. Uh, a gym membership is not something that you want to buy your lover on Valentine's Day. Unless you want to not have a lover anymore. <laughs> Here, honey, I, I saw this in the window and I, it had your name all over it. You say, well, maybe I'll find my new boyfriend there. <laughs> this gym membership. So that's just a few little tips on Valentine's Day of not what to get yo lover. Well, we've taught everybody what not to get. What's a few safe things? I, I, for women to get men, because we've heard all the things that, you know, women kind of enjoy. Because you did. You actually had a very good list of things that we would enjoy. But now we need to know what maybe you guys would like. Oh, that is a good question. And you're asking somebody who don't, I can honestly say this. I um, It doesn't have to be a lot, but something, um, just something to show us that you, that you know us. Yeah. If you was to get me something that I like and you really wouldn't know I liked it unless you knew me, yeah, then that means a lot to me. That lets me know that you actually took some time out and it, it was a thoughtful gift. So when you know me, you know there's certain things that I like and there's certain things that I don't like. And it's the little things. Um, but really, anything useful yeah. is, is good. I, I, I don't know. Something. I would rather get a card than nothing. Yeah. Don't just get me nothing. Get yeah. me something. And it doesn't have to be expensive. But, yeah, it's nonsense to think that guys don't like to get something on that. Well, yeah, stuff. guys like to be wooed, too. It goes both ways. Yeah. I mean, romanticize. I mean, if your girl's always getting romanticized and the guy's not, then he's going to... Some woman out there is going to romanticize him. Oh, yeah. It could be me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. Love you, Wiley. You're a, you're a married woman. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I would say. I would say just, it doesn't have to be anything like insane. Just something to show me that you listen to me and that you know me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, what are your thoughts on going out and like having like Valentine's Day, like not dates? Well, I, here's what I thought about doing on Valentine's Day. I thought about uh, going out of town, yeah. taking my Valentine out of town, because who doesn't want to go out of town on an overnight trip on Valentine's Day? I think that's pretty good. Where are we going? <laughs> are you my Valentine? I can be. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. It just depends on, you know, my Valentine's uh, work schedule and all that. So we'll just see. I'll clear my schedule. <laughs> I'll pack a bag. Okay. Well, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of time. <laughs> we are out of time. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to know uh, that next week is going to be our 300th episode. I've got a little surprise for everybody next week. Hopefully, hopefully it, it comes through. So for all of you loyal listeners of Off the Cuff who have been with Off the Cuff since the very beginning, next week is going to be a very special episode, not just for me, not just for Amber, but for the fans as well. I think it's going to be... A blast that I'm looking forward to it. It's hard to believe that episode 300 is already here. Like I said, you know, you've as of now, you've put 299 good pieces of work out there, so... I'm proud of you. I really do appreciate that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to follow Off the Cuff, you can do that by going to facebook.com slash Off the Cuff with Adam Banks. Or you could... The Facebook Live just kind of went out. Very lucky that it went out right at the end. Okay. Yeah. But if you want to follow Off the Cuff on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash off the cuff. Follow Off the Cuff uh, by listening to all of our archives on all social media platforms where podcasts can be listened to. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all that noise. And you can follow me on 
Instagram and Twitter. Amber, I actually have a one handle for all my social media handles now. I know. I was not going to say anything, but I'm, I was aware. You can follow me at the Adam Banks on Twitter or Instagram. T H E A D A M B A N K S. The Adam Banks. It'll be a good time. You'll like what you see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Ember Turner. I'm Adam Banks, and this is Off the Cuff. We'll see you next Thursday from 4 to 5. We'll catch you down the road. Just got a size to quit.